Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Today, we're going to go a little bit beyond, and that is because I want to help you to understand that breastfeeding does not happen in a vacuum. It's what women have done for thousands of years, but Sometimes all of us women need a little help doing whatever it is we have to do in life. And to that end, I have asked life coach Felicia Brocolo to join us. Felicia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here, Marie. Oh, good. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Felicia. She is a certified life and weight coach, and she is the chief marketing officer at the school excuse me, the Life Coach School. Her life coaching practice focuses on teaching active people how to have complete freedom and self-control around food by helping them manage their minds and their emotions. So, uh, Felicia, as I understand it, even though you are physically sitting in California right this moment, the Life Coach School is throughout the United States. Is that true? Yeah. So the Life Coach School is we, our employees are based all over. We're totally remote, which is super fun, but we have clients in the U.S. and all internationally. So we help people seriously all around the world, which is super, super fun. So Felicia, tell me this then. I assume that you do the coaching remotely through Zoom or some other mechanism? Yes. So all of our coaching is remote. It is through Zoom. Um, So the Life Coach School has a coaching program and we do like group coaching calls over Zoom. You can get like a one-to-one coaching call with a life coach. It's it's so cool how, you know, you can be so connected with somebody and still be at home. That is fantastic. So as I understand it, it's either individual coaching or group coaching. Would that be the alternative? Yeah, so we have um, in the coaching program, the Life Coach School offers, there'll be group calls. um, So like everybody could watch. So like, say us right now, we would have like a whole live audience of people watching. Or for topics you don't want all the people to hear, you also get one on one coaching with your own coach. So it's totally private. Well, that is very cool. All right. So Felicia, help me with this. First of all, Tell us in just simple, plain English, what is a life coach? Yeah, so that is a big question. And <laughs> it life coaching has changed my life in such a huge way. I want to like, I could explain it to you for so long because I want you to, <laughs> I think they're the coolest thing you ever. You really believe in it? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, so there's all kinds of life coaches, but the kind of life coaching that we do is we really find the cause of your, the issue that you're having in your life, the problem that you're having to solve that. So as life coaches from the life coach school, we are figuring out what specifically is causing it instead of giving you tips like, oh, you should go meditate or go for a walk. We're going to find the cause. We're going to really figure out what you're thinking 
all of the beliefs that you've held on to for so long mm-hmm. and all of the emotions that are driving your actions. So those are like the two big things that we help with is figuring out your thoughts and your feelings that are driving all of the actions that you're taking, which are getting you all the results in your life. Um, One of the things that I would be real curious about is how is a certified life coach more impactful, more effective than just your BFF sitting on the back porch? Yeah, that's, it's a great question because sometimes friends can be have good advice for you. But life coaches are more, it's a lot more of tough love. I would never coach my friends because they want somebody to give them a little cuddle. Yeah. And a life coach is not really going to give you a cuddle. They're going to question everything you're doing and ask like, well, what if you were wrong about that? Or what if the opposite were true? Or or really questioning and giving you that tough love that mostly a friend wouldn't give you and you wouldn't really want from a friend. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The other thing that struck me as you were talking is that it seems like you can help anybody with any issue. So it might be weight management, but it might be something like, um, um, I can't decide if I'm going to have a career change or something like that. Absolutely. So I, my personal clients that I coach come to me for um, like overeating and like weight management kind of stuff. But, you know, a couple sessions in, we're talking about their job or their relationship or something else because it really does tie into every aspect of our life. And when we get coached by one thing, we really notice that, oh, this is changing and this is changing too. So that's another thing that's super cool is when you, you know, get help with one thing, it really does impact so many other areas. Felicia, this is no joke. I was getting a little stressed just before the show. I had a couple of you know, humps and bumps that I was thinking, oh, how am I going to get to do this on time? And what did I want to do? I wanted to reach for a snack. And I realized, no, I am not hungry. I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling like I need to make a deadline. This has nothing to do with my, my physical need. I'm just feeling stressed. And so you're absolutely right. Things like food certainly fit into um, our stress or, or our boredom or our, our whatever. And it certainly seems to me like you are trying to tie up those things that are related and maybe help people to recognize their, their trigger points and the emotion that sort of brings those on. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's amazing for you to even recognize this because <laughs> so often, right, we feel stressed and we just start eating immediately. And we're like, no, there was no thought. There was no feeling. I just immediately started eating food. But that, that would be something so good to work on is like feeling stress, right? And how does stress feel in your body and practicing feeling stress without needing to escape it, without needing food or a phone or a drink or, you know, there's all of us have our different thing to escape our feelings. And this is so important as we go into this new year. And I will bet money that there are thousands of listeners out there who are saying, oh, I wanted to lose weight or give up smoking or whatever. 
And most of us, quite honestly, just can't do it on our own. I know that there are some excellent statistics out there about how many people give up their New Year's resolution inside of 10 days. It's really pretty staggering because every year, every year we get this statistic and yet we say, oh, I'm gonna, gonna, gonna. Uh, my mother was good at saying, yeah, shoulda, woulda, coulda, but you mm-hmm. didn't. So, <laughs> so uh, Felicia, I'm a little ahead of myself, but you've got me intrigued here. Uh, how much have you worked with new mothers? And what are some of the issues that you think that they would be grappling with or that they've already told you they grapple with? Yeah, so I've worked a good with, I think the majority of my clients do have kids, which is kind of fun because I don't have kids yet. So it's, it's so interesting that I can help people that, you know, we are, we are different. Um, so from what I know about new moms, um, and you might be able to give me some topics <laughs> better than what I know, but I think that um, like managing a schedule with a new baby and still going after those goals and making that a priority for yourself um, and really deciding like, is it the right thing to, should I have a business and spend time with my kids? Like it's kind of that moral um, dilemma that I've seen people have, um, really taking time for yourself, stuff like that. Honestly, the push and pull between being a parent and being a professional, I have seen people struggle with that for years, like for years and years, even when their kids are 25 years old or or 40 years old or whatever it is, they are still feeling like they need to be that nurturing, always available mother. And yet they've got this other side of them that has to be an employee or a business owner or whatever it is that they are, nurse, whatever. Uh, And boy, I know that I have really felt that push and pull between work and family so many times. And sometimes I just end up not doing a very good job at either one, quite honestly. Uh, So let me ask you this. Why do you think that people seek a life coach because a lot of us are just going to say, you know what, Felicia, thanks, but, you know, I'm really just going to kind of like work it out by myself. So what prompts the person to say, I need to give Felicia or one of her colleagues a call? Yeah, so I think it's super, um, it, it kind of puts you over the edge and really helps you decide when you truly believe it is going to be 100% worth it for yourself. That belief in yourself to do the work, to actually make a change is so important. I think the easiest example is like money. If you have a, we have like business coaches that'll help you with your business. If I say, hey, your business is going to make $100,000 at the end of this year. Are you willing to put in this much a month? It's like a no brainer. If you knew that at the end of it, you were going to get that result you wanted, you'd 100% be all in on the commitment. Um, oh, see, woman, you are so talking my language because that's what I tell people about breastfeeding. Hey. I say, you know, this is a cost-benefit kind of thing. Yes, there you've got to put something into it, but look at what you and your baby are going to get out of that. That's kind of the same totally. thing. And, and I thought it was interesting when you said that, you know, people have kids who are 25 and they still feel that that same need to always be available, always be nurturing. And so what how we would do coaching on that is we would say like the circumstance, right? Whether your baby is one month old or 25 years old, the circumstance is different, but your thinking and your feeling is oh. the same. Oh, that is so insightful. 
Totally. Right? We, we have to change that like thought pattern. It's not going to change as your kid gets older. It's, it's us. It's the, our thoughts are causing that. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to change when our kid gets older. It, we have to do that work in ourselves. Felicia, I can just see this coming right now. Uh, I teach a 90-hour lactation course in preparation for the IBLCE exam, and I spend a lot of time helping people to understand the difference between teaching and counseling. And I make a lot of comparisons, but long story made short, you know, teaching is kind of like head knowledge and do this, do this, do this, because this is best practice, whereas counseling is more helping the person to come to their own decisions and so forth. So how is coaching different than counseling? So I know um, I'm more familiar with is therapy and counseling. Is that yeah, similar? I'm, yeah, it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the difference, I know the main difference is between like therapy and coaching. Okay. Um, so coaching is very future focused and it's very like, it doesn't really Uh, care about your past as much as coaching basically says like your past is just a story in your mind right now. Like there is no like old pain. There is no, like your past just exists how you're deciding to make it exist today. And we work on moving forward. Mm, um, yes. coaching is a lot less focused on like, oh, well, like what happened then? And that's making you do something now. Right. It's just your story about that thing. Right. Yes. And we, and we work on how, how like, how do you want to tell the story of your past? Mm. How do you want to use that in your future? And it's very future focused. Oh, there's two things that are jumping to my mind. I'm thinking that my colleague and my friend, Sandra Reich, who also is a host of a podcast, says, it's all the story. She's a therapist. She says, it's all the story in your head, Marie. It's all the story in your head. But I'm also really thinking about that piece where you mentioned the future, because I'm thinking that Louise Hay would say it's only a thought and a thought can be changed. And so to some degree, you're not negating the past. You're just saying we don't really work in the past as coaches. As a coach, we work in the future because that's about your thought process. A thought is, uh, it's only a thought and a thought can be changed. Totally. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm totally there. Yeah. All right. So, Tell me this, you talk about a self-coaching model, and that is a very unfamiliar term to me. I would think that I would go to a coach in order to play a better soccer game or a better tennis game or to be a better business owner or whatever, but what's self-coaching? Okay, so I've brought it up a few times already, like little sprinkled in without (laughs) specifically saying what it is. Um, It's basically... A like little formula we use to help you solve any problem. So at the top, we put in the circumstance. So this could be my baby's one month old. Yes. From our circumstance, we have a thought about it. A lot of times our thoughts are going to seem very true. So somebody might have a thought with their baby. I need to be available all the time. Yes. Right. It seems very true. It's just a thought in our mind because there we know there are moms that are not available all the time. It's not. It's not true. 
that thought is going to make them feel a certain way. Yes. So how would you feel when you think I need to be available all the time? Um, I would say that in my experience working with mothers, it's usually the opposite, which is I am not available all the time. Mm. And so therefore I'm a bad parent. Okay. Yeah. So let's use that one. I'm not available all the time and they feel maybe guilt. Yes. Guilt. Okay. Yes. yes. And then what actions do they take from that place of feeling guilt? They usually just uh, shortchange themselves. So they will spend less time doing stuff for themselves in order to be totally available to their babies. And mm-hmm. sometimes I have to say, you know, it's okay to go get a pedicure. It's okay to go whatever, to have a date with your, your partner or what. I mean, those are just things you do for yourself and you have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they do sort of feel like they're being a less than ideal parent if they're not available 24 hours a day. Right. And so then from that, our actions create our results. Yes. And that's resulting in them not being available for themselves or for their baby if they're, their mind's not, they're just not being available as who they want to be. Uh-huh. And so that is the model. It's our circumstance. We have a thought. Our thoughts cause our feelings. Our feelings drive our actions and our actions create our results. So when we plug, we just plugged all that in right now. And the thought, I'm not available all the time, resulted in them really not being available, not being available for themselves, not being available mentally as the mom they want to be. I was just going to say, because sometimes they're physically there, but they're not there. Right, exactly. So it really helps us see how, what the cause of that result is. And it's just that sentence in our mind, I'm not available all the time and I should be. And it's just not having, it's not having the result that we want. So now, like you said, we can change that thought. So Felicia, would it be true that when you become aware, you know, there's some fairly good science in the psychology world that shows that awareness is the first step to change. And I'm going to gather that you'd probably agree with that. Absolutely. We need to know what's going on in our mind in order to change something. Once you become aware and you see that pattern that you have just described, would you say that that is the definition of self-coaching is to to have that awareness and then change those thoughts. And then with changed thoughts, then you have changed emotions. Yes. So kind of that whole process, we have people start off by doing, we call it a thought download, but lots of people speak about the same thing where you're just brain dumping onto a piece of paper and you're finding all of those thoughts and you can plug them into that self-coaching model to figure out what your thoughts are creating in your life and then figuring out, okay, do I want to change the way that I'm thinking? If this thought is not serving me at all, do I want to change this thought? Um, And it just really shows people step-by-step in all those all those different pieces, exactly how they're creating what they are. And then that's where you go, where you get all your power back. Yes. So many of us have been schooled from like, I don't know, college, maybe earlier than that, that we need to have a goal. When you do 
coaching with women. And by the way, do you do coaching with men? Because I did not see that on your website. I do. I, I've, it, it's um, not as common, but they're definitely, I definitely do have men as clients. Yeah, they, they, they do have it. Okay. So when you do coaching with women, do you start out by helping them to identify a goal? Um, not necessarily. I, if, okay. if people want to have a goal, I think goals are great. I also okay. think there's time to not have a goal like okay. right now, <laughs> like a lot of in 2020, I feel like everybody was like permission to not have goals at the moment. Um, I think goals are great, but I also think that goals should be something that we do because we want to, and not something that it's like, you need to have a goal. One of the things that I find is it's very difficult to get people to articulate their goals, even if they've got something that's sort of nebulous floating around in their head that they want to do whatever. Um, just came across one a few days ago. The woman is a nurse. She has multiple degrees and certifications with the COVID crisis. She lost her job and she her goal is to get a new job. Okay, well, I get that. But in order for me to help her, I was really feeling like, okay, so like, I want to know, does she want to go back to her old job or does she want to get into a different setting or does she want to be in the same setting with a different role? Uh, is there any magic to helping people with that? Because if there is, please let me know. Cause I just, I bump into this with women of all ages and for all reasons. So yeah. is, is there anything you can help us with there if we're actually trying to help people to, articulate a goal? Yeah, I think it's important to make sure that your goal is very specific and measurable. So if she wants a goal, a job, like she could go to Subway. Is that like meeting your goal, right? right. Because, because you did get a job, but I would encourage her to really think about like, what is your dream job? Like set a set a big goal for yourself. And I think a lot of times we um, like downplay what we're capable of and just for fun, set a big goal. Like what would be your dream job and really get clear on that and start working towards that so that we know we have something very like, yes, I hit this goal. I make this much money. I work these days. This is really what I want. It's measurable. You either did that or you didn't do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh Felicia, talk to us, please, about neutral circumstances. Yes. Explain that. Yeah. So um, our circumstances, and a a lot of teachers talk on this as well, but everything around us, right, it's not good or bad until we think that it's good or bad. And so for motherhood, I feel like you you might be able to help me with (laughs) my examples. but I, I, I will do my best. Say we have a circumstance of like a crying baby and we're going to have all kinds of thoughts about this. Some people are going to think, oh, it's good for the baby to cry. Other people are going to say, I need to pick up that baby immediately. A crying baby is a neutral circumstance. And when we have... When we have these strong opinions about something, like like, this is an emergency. Mm -hmm. It's super helpful for us to work on getting back to seeing things as neutral because then we get to decide how we want to think about it. So if you want to think that like your baby needs to be picked up immediately and you like thinking that and you like the results that that are creating, like amazing. But 
bringing it back to a neutral circumstance is recognizing the world around us is isn't good or bad. We get to choose every single every single thing what we want to think about it. It sounds to me like the key here is that let's let's take the baby crying because that's pretty common. Now, some babies cry because they're what? Some babies cry because they're hungry. Some babies cry because they're lonely. Some babies cry because they're in pain. There's all sorts of things. But the parent assigns a meaning to that. Yes. And that meaning may or may not be true. Uh, I have seen babies that, uh, actually, I've taken care of a lot of babies myself. And sometimes it's like, honey, I know that you are fed and diapered and this and that and the other thing. And I don't really know what's wrong with you. Uh, but when we assign a meaning to the event, the event was neutral, right? Yeah. But we assign a positive or a negative meaning to it. Right. Yeah. I can see where, yeah, I, I'm getting this. Yeah, I am. And Typically, then... And then when I think a parent, you know, you say you have this belief that my baby needs to be picked up immediately and you don't because you're doing something else and you can't pick up your baby immediately. Then your mind goes to, well, I'm a terrible mom and I'm doing this wrong. Right. And we just create this big story about a neutral circumstance. (laughs) Right. And, and bringing it back to that and being like, okay, I get to decide how I want to think about this whole situation right now in a way that's best going to serve me and my baby because the thought like I'm a terrible mom is never going to, that's just, it sounds like it might be helpful, but it never helps us become the person that we want to be. One of the things that I have struggled with for years is helping people to get confidence And I will also tell you that as related to breastfeeding, in 1971, Derek Jelliff very famously quoted, breastfeeding is a confidence game. And he was right. I I, I remember one time, clear as day, I remember standing at, at the front of the room in Dallas, and I said, if I could give women a confidence pill to breastfeed or bre- uh, be a mother or whatever, I- I'd be all set. You know, if I could just, if I could just give them a confidence pill. But it's very, very difficult to impart or bestow confidence onto somebody. And there was a woman in the back who said, "The I just thought she hit the nail on the head." She said, "But Marie." It's very easy to take confidence away. And I thought, oh, man, you know, so true. So do you have any tips for how any of us, you, me, anybody who's listening, how can we help mothers, women, people to develop self-confidence? Yeah. And even ourselves, like how can, we, ourselves, how, can, yeah. <laughs> how can we help ourselves? Um, so confidence is something that we, we kind of grow and an activity that we do at the life coach school that is one of my favorites that I absolutely love is we'll do a month of dare of the day. And we okay. kind of, it's called dare of the day. Dare of the day. Okay. And we dare ourselves something little every day that scares us. So whether that is breastfeeding somewhere, you wouldn't normally do it. Whether it's talking to somebody about it, 
Um, it's it's going to be so different person to person, but doing these little things that scare us a little bit. And it's amazing because we start to learn, oh, I didn't die. Bad. Yeah. Exactly. Nothing terrible happened. And, and we just start seeing like, oh, maybe I can do this and maybe something even good will happen. Um, so that is just a little exercise that we like to do with the Life Coach School that just really helps you build your confidence in a little way every day and just see that like, oh, wait, maybe I do got this. So I'm thinking the, the whole idea is to start small, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it would be fun to start big, but (laughs) I've done one where I've like gone to, like, I'm not a good dancer. I've gone to a dance class, um, just because by myself. And that was scary for me. Um, people have like gone to a coffee shop and asked for a discount. And I think it's fun to like target it on one specific thing. You're trying to become more confident in, um, dancing at the stoplight next to a car. There's just so many so many little things that were like, oh my gosh, I would never do that. But like, right. why? Yeah, you know, it reminds me of a nurse friend that I have. And she apparently was checking into a hotel. And she said, uh, do you have a um, a discount for people who are uh, frequent guests? Well, no, we don't. Okay. Well, do you have a discount for people who are AAA members? No, we don't. She said, okay, well... How about short, fat ladies that uh, have gray hair? <laughs> yes. That is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just got such like, how did she dare to bring up such a crazy thing? And yet, even as she was telling me the story, I realized I, I could ask for that. Um, I don't know that I've ever asked for a discount, but I'm going to tell you, I do a lot of traveling. I learned to ask for a free upgrade. What, mm. What's the worst they can tell me? Right. You know, that that's a really, I love that. I love that, Felicia. So Felicia, help us with this. Tell us specifically about the Life Coach School and its mission and a little bit about just a little tiny insight into what you do in a day. And I realize it may change from coach to coach, but just give us a few insights. Yeah. So the Life Coach School is super amazing. That's where they have a podcast that I loved and really helped me change my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have different coaching programs where it's just like a monthly program. You can sign up and get coached. Um, Lots of like videos, workbooks on topics, all all kinds of topics, whether you want to start a business, stop overeating, um, make more money, manage your time better. There's something for everybody. Totally. Yeah, cool. So all kinds of programs like that. And then they also train people on how to become a life coach. So a lot of people kind of learn the material and they're like, oh my gosh, this is life changing. Um, I want to help other people. So um, yeah, and the the kind of people we help are typically, we like people who have it together, but are still kind of suffering or you have, you have the family and you have the job and you have everything, but you're like, I'm still not happy. Or you just can't seem to lose. You're like so smart, but you can't seem to lose the last weight that you want to lose. Um, So yeah, that's what the Life Coach School does. We have lots of coaches that work there. And the majority of our coaches do our one-on-one sessions because there are so many of those in a week. 
and you'd come in a Zoom room um, just like this, talking to somebody, and you just say, hey, um, this week was really hard. I felt really bad about this. I really want to change this. Help me. And you talk to your coach, and it is, I love, I do it every single week. I get coached too, and it is just such, it just really helps my brain so much. <laughs> Makes me feel better. I, I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice. I can hear the buy-in. I can hear how this really was a life-changing event for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it wasn't just one thing. I started because for overeating, I was never really overweight. I just felt like I didn't really have self-control around food. And then it changed to like learning how to make more money because I had never made that much money. And I learned how to create more value in the world and make more money. Um, And then I like became a marathon runner. And then like it just like there's just so many different things that I've learned through learning the coaching work and learning about myself really. Yes. Yes. And in truth, Felicia, all of us can stand to grow. I don't care how successful we are, how much money we've got, how many awards we've won, whatever it is, we can all stand to grow. And it sounds like that's really what coaching in your organization aims for is to, uh, I hate to sound like the army here, but you know, help people be all that they can be. Totally. And that's, that's one of the values of the Life Coach School is to be an example of what's possible. And I love that just in my own life. Like I want to be an example to my friends that hate their job and hate what they're doing. Like, hey, you like I want to be an example to you and to be an example of, you know, you can live you can live a life that you truly do love. Love. Yeah. And yeah, I love being that example. Oh, and that's just so fabulous. And I wish that all of you could see Felicia because she sounds like she has the wisdom of the ages, but she's actually quite young. So uh, she has got her whole life ahead of her and she's learned early in the game what it took me a long time to figure out, which is you can design the life you love, but you can't do it by just especially I think I want to say in the new year, if you're just going to live last year all over again, If you keep doing, uh, somebody very famous said this one time, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always gotten. And I think it might have been Henry Ford. But the truth of the matter is, it sounds like coaching really helps move people to that next level. Uh, Felicia Brocolo, it has been a huge uh, honor, really, to talk with you today because you're so into this. And you make it sound like we all can live a better life. Some of us just need a little coaching to get the job done. How do we find you and your organization? Yeah. So if you want to find out more about the Life Coach School, which I strongly urge you to do, um, if you go to thelifecoachschool.com forward slash unstuck, there's a little mini movie series there that'll teach you a little bit more about what I was explaining. Um, so I urge you to go there and listen to that podcast as well. And then if you're on Instagram, you can find me at Felicia Anna Brocolo. And I would love to say hi to you guys. Fantastic. Well, meanwhile, I would like to invite anybody to join me on my blog. I am Marie Biancuzo at, yeah, I can't think about who I was there. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm I'm at MarieBiancuso.com. And if you go up into the little right-hand corner, you'll see a thing that says blog. And you may follow me there. You can follow me on my Facebook or Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn. I will be happy to hear from you and to help you in any way that I can. I will be offering not only my exam uh, eligibility course, that is the 90-hour course, but I will also be offering my exam prep course for those of you who are eligible but really just need to put the final touches on being able to take that certification exam and, I might add, maybe get your dream job. So anyway, thank you. Thank you, Felicia. Thank you to all of my listeners. I'm happy to help you in any way I can, but I want everybody to remember that your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.